before I start with the quote from uh, Ken Max Lloyd's commentary to verse uh, 1.5 as a invitation for our sitting. He writes, to be awake and present, we do not have to do anything. If we rest and do nothing at all and just experience whatever arises, the awake quality of mind is naturally present. the first, if we rest and do nothing at all, and just experience whatever arises. What does that mean? What does it mean to experience what you experience right now? It's not as a question to you know, think about. What does it mean to be just here? with these sensations in your body, with these thoughts. Right now you have also what you see, the sounds in this room. So what does it mean to just sit here and experience whatever arises? Ajahn Shah describes it like describes meditation as meditation is putting a chair into the middle of the room and just sit there and wait for whoever who comes. Or Rumi in his poem describes our body as a guest house and as a meditator we are a gracious host to all the guests. How do the guests visit us? Through the five sense gates. So one thing we explore in this practice is or what we find in ourselves is the capacity to be just aware, to be present, to notice what is happening, what is going on. unfiltered. So that's one part, that just being here, just being aware, being that person sitting in the middle of the room, and then being aware of who is coming, who is visiting. And the second part is, the awake quality of mind is naturally present. Practice consists of recognizing that quality. So that's the two aspects of our exploration here. How can I be with what I experience right now? neither adding to it nor taking away, 
just sitting in the midst of it. And the other is recognizing that quality. So that quality means the quality of the awake quality of mind, the reflecting capacity of mind, of mind itself. Being like that mirror. Last time I used the metaphor of the mirror. So the mirror is not resisting anything. The mirror is just there. And it has the capacity to reflect what is there. And because we identify with what is there, we call that me, we kind of inhabit the level of the reflections, we miss the reflective quality. And and that recognition of that reflective quality, that's what we are after, kind of. That's what this text and what the Tibetan tradition is transmitting. That reflective quality. What is that? What are they talking about? How do I recognize that? And can I trust it? Can I really trust that? That's a difficult step because you know we trust trying to figure things out, finding solutions, telling stories. So practice consists of recognizing that quality, keeping in touch with it and trusting it. Keeping in touch with it and trusting it. So the recognition of that quality is not something you can do. It's not something you can do. It's something which happens. How? We start by experiencing this moment, what it is. And then using pointing out instruction, using metaphors, returning to a text like this, returning to instructions. And somehow at one moment, and we don't know when it happened, and we can't do anything for it. We just can create the condition for that to happen. Some at one point, and we don't know if it's happened now or if it will happen next week or in a year or in the next life, we don't know because we can't do anything about it. All we can do is create the conditions. For example, this would be a condition. Later, he says, a big part of that challenge is to learn and to trust that resting is all that is needed. That resting is all that is needed. 
so difficult for us. Is that enough to just feel my feelings, to just be here, to just feel the sensations in my body, to feel that contraction, to feel my fear, to feel my sadness. Is that enough? Can't be. I need something else. I need to do something. I need to figure out something. I need to find a relief in the stories. That's where I find the solution. By thinking about it. By talking about it. By finding the reasons for it. So this... uh, Trust that resting is all that is needed. That's something to slowly, slowly cultivate, something slowly, slowly to find. One part of that is not to watch some of the videos me and um, others have posted in the group, because what we need is the the guidance and the support and the inspiration from people who have done this, just resting, and found the relief, found the peace. We need need to read in the texts that that is actually a possibility, that that is a valid response. So resting, in the midst of your experience, and this is so difficult, right? Particularly if your experience is darkness, if your experience is being lost, being confused. It's so difficult, I I almost don't want to say it, and I want to give you something else. (laughs) Some rain model, or some Tonglen practice, or some... something. And obviously the Buddha, out of compassion, and the Lamas, out of compassion, they give us a lot of stuff. But they give us a lot of stuff to create an unshakable bond to this, to this tradition, so that we get ready for just resting. The recognition of the reflective capacity of the mirror That is already happening now, obviously, because there is an experience. So your experience of confusion or fear or hurt is the proof that there has to be that reflective capacity. There is awareness. 
there is presence. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any experience. Now, in the beginning of the text, Tongma Sanpo says, although I can't talk about it, although it's beyond words, although we can't grasp it, it's not an object of knowledge. Still, the only option I have is to talk about it and to make metaphors. What we can do is to increase our capacity to be present with what is without getting lost in it. So just sitting, the practice of just sitting, is not just getting lost in the mirror hall of our thoughts. So this is what we usually, what usually happens when we rest. Like we say, okay, I'm, I will try this. I will just sit in the midst of my experience. I just experience what is. And what actually happens is we don't experience what is. We shift our sense of identity into the mirror hall of thoughts. Now this, you know, this... One thought reflects the next, the next, the next, the next. And you, you know what I mean with the mirror hall? It's like this hall you know, in amusement parks, you have that sometimes. You step in and there's reflections and it's comp- you get lost. And at one point you even lose the sense w- which one of these are you. Yeah? You, you, you kind of you lose yourself in the reflections. You disconnect from embodiment. So this is not what is meant with just sitting. That is uh, inhabiting these reflections. This is an important, and I, I, I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about it, you know, our relationship to thoughts. What are thoughts? But, but in this uh, in this process of discovering what is meant with just resting, we need to get a sense of a real experience. What is here in present moment awareness? The sensations, the sounds, is what you see. So that's real. And it has a certain quality in it. So if you now would go into the mirror mirror hall of thoughts, that's, you know, if you now think a bit of something which is difficult in your life, you you can notice how when you go there, when you inhabit that, that 
that kind of experience is mostly suffering, but it also has a different kind of quality than this. There's a difference. And resting in present moment awareness doesn't mean to get lost in the mirror hall of our thinking. It means to rest here. And what's the difference of here? What, what's the difference of the sounds here, the feelings here? the sensations here and sensations you might experience when you go into a story from yesterday. So by shifting into the mirror mirror hall of thoughts, you disconnect from what is. You're not doing the practice of just resting. You're doing the practice of Confusion, distortion. Yes. Um, why can it sometimes feel like you almost want to go there? It's like almost Good a question. addiction or something, mm. even if it's a more difficult place to be yeah. than the other yes. place, and feel you like you can't resist going ah. there. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it's more difficult being there and being here. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good question to bring into one's sitting and to notice that pull and notice the pain in it and and asking that question uh, not so much thinking about it looking for a conceptual answer to it why yeah so but uh, to experience it to to and then maybe an answer to that will arrive that you understand what what's the fear of being here and what is it what i'm seeking for in the mirror hall i mean in the text you find answers so one answer also can mcloyd is talking about is there is that fear of groundlessness the fear of not knowing what's going on. There is the fear of losing, losing yourself. But actually, you use yourself when you, you, you lose yourself when you, are, when you go there. You lose the connection with who you are in this moment. But it feels familiar. It's like, it's like a home. It's like, yeah, and what we are a meeting when we are relaxing that we we are meeting the unknown we we go into the present moment without without arms without without knowing and in that experience of the groundlessness we don't find 
answers to some of the questions we might have. The experience will not answer the question, oh, why am I here? What should I do? So we're going back there to find answers to this kind of, to that kind of questions. It's a, it's a quite a, an interesting, important insight that we are addicted to suffering because it makes us feel real. It makes us feel home because we know it. That's what we know. Now, someone who feels home, who had to feel home in a, in a, in a place of violence, that's what for this person is home. And, and we, we return to places like that. We return to those places because we know them. It has, it has a lot to do also with our fear of death. The experience of groundlessness can feel like death. It isn't physical death, but it, 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 feels, it feels like that. Because you, as what you think you are, exist in the mirror hall. That's all what, what is. What, what is. So the narrative self is there, is that, and we think we are that. So if we relax that, exploring the possibility, hmm, maybe I'm something else. Maybe I'm not this mirror. Maybe I'm not the radio station of the narrative self, as I called it another, another evening. The radius. Maybe I'm not that. But who am I then? Who am I with? Who I am without my problems? Who I am without meaning? Without purpose? Who, I, who am I without any past? Because all that is the mirror, the mirror hall. Past, future meaning, purpose. It's scary. And uh, now in this text, we are in this section where Tonga Sampo points to one part of this mirror hall of, this hall of mirrors, this hall of mirrors, and that's belief systems. So, we are here even asked to go beyond belief systems like the Mahayana path, the Hinayana path, the Vajrayana path. So this nice, this nice karma and this is dependent arising and it's so beautiful and it's so it gives it gives us a structure, it gives us a map. It's so nice, we feel safe there. We are on the good side, we have a nice map, we are in the right club. And that's all part of the mirror 
of the Hall of Mirrors. So, not only do we shift from the compulsive, destructive thinking, which obviously is just creating pain for us, we are also shifting from the good stuff, the good conceptual stuff, into not knowing. And how can we trust that? That's where in the Tibetan tradition uh, the guru devotion is so important. You trust the you trust the guru more than your own insanity. This is so difficult because we have been hurt by the people who we loved the most. Trusting the invitation of the guru, of the lama, more than your own insanity. That's really difficult. Can you trust anyone? No, I can't trust anyone. Because they have hurt me and they are going to hurt me again. So let's take some time to sit, like in this image of Ajahn Shah. And we are literally, I mean, we are doing it here in this room, like it's a big room, and we're sitting in the middle of that room on our chair, and we allow the visitors to come. To make it a bit easier, uh, it's good to have a bit of an entry protocol. So maybe we want to start with a posture. So like really, okay, so here I am, I'm sitting here. I can feel the chair, I can feel my feet. If you have your eyes open, that's what I see. And then there's sensations in the body, there's the breath. And there's your inner life, the energies in your body. Maybe it's difficult right now, that flow. Maybe it's pleasant. 
So we take the time to gravitate to present moment awareness. Just acknowledging what is here, what, what, is, what, what, is, what is not in the mirror, in the hall of mirrors, yeah? but what is here. Well, that's the five sense gates. Hearing, sensing, or the touch of your hands, the vo- this voice, the other sounds around you, and then smell and taste are not so important right now. And sometimes it is appropriate to stabilize a bit with a certain sense gate and to, to gently put your attention as as an anchor to a particular experience, and that could be the breath or the sensation in your hands, or if you have your eyes open, that what you see, or if you want to stabilize with the soundscape. So we can modulate our attention a little within the field of our experience. And then there's the mirror hall of thoughts. And so it's not about uh, putting that down or uh, trying to stop it or something, or just recognizing it. Okay, this is here. This is real. This is all there is. And then there's the hall of mirrors. to just recognize the difference. So just know when you are in the hall of mirrors and know when you're here. And being here, sometimes, initially, happens only for a split of a second, maybe. And and then it pulls. It's so important, the mirror, the hall of mirrors. And Recognizing that, maybe then a shift happens and you find yourself a little bit more here again. A little bit more alive. A little bit more present. Notice that that which is coming, sensations, sounds, thoughts, feelings, that they are coming by themselves. You are just reflecting them. You are just receiving them. You're not making this. Like the mirror is not creating, it's just receiving, it's just reflecting. 
and then you rest. Maybe staying in touch with an anchor lightly. It's not like a concentration, not a focus, it's slightly resting with the breath or your, your hands, sounds or sights. Or if you don't need that, there's also the resting in open, choiceless awareness. So where you don't particularly pick a certain sense gate. You just, just openness. Shamatha without object. So if you notice resistance, if you notice grasping, that's also fine. That's also a visitor. Resisting, grasping, confusion, impatience. But that's all visitors. And they are out of control. They come and go. So doing nothing means just you let go of what you can let go of. Or if you're resisting this moment, that's not something you can control. That's what is happening. So this way of being here, effortless being here, is also called equanimity. It is an awake, alert, noticing, which you don't do. It's happening. The mirror is not doing the reflecting. It is its nature. That reflective capacity, that knowingness, it's not something you do. It's your nature. So the reflective capacity of the mirror the reflective capacity of consciousness, of mind itself, is not separate from the images in the mirror. So we're not looking something like behind this, kind of we need to break through to the, to the reflections in the mirror. So appearance and the reflective nature, they happen in the same place, in the same space. Sometimes initially, you know, we hear metaphors like the clouds and the sky. 
And then that might be helpful. Or I myself also sometimes says, say, okay, there's the content of your experience and then there is what is bigger than you. But that's actually a provisional instruction. You're not looking for something which is bigger than this. This is it. Resting, breathing, and uh, right now, what would you say? Are you more in the hall of mirrors, or are you more here? There is a continuum. It's not either or. And if you're more in the Hall of Mirrors, is there a possibility to soften, to relax? shift into embodiment. Maybe just for a split of a second. If the Hall of Mirrors is so overwhelming that it is impossible to imagine to step out of it. Uh, one possibility is to ask the question, how does this feel in my body? And immediately, there's a bit of a shift more towards reality, to what is actually here. How, how does it feel in my body? And breathing there. Being with that. And then notice how the Hall of Mirrors tries to pull you back. No, it throws hooks. It, it throws baits. Very, very skillful. Or the ego structure is just seducing us again and again. There might be even a thought like, well, this is completely irresponsible. I have to think about that. This is irresponsible to step out of the mirror hall. What's going to What's going to happen then? So that's a thought. And you just recognize that. It's the thought.
another thought could be, oh, I think I'm getting it. It's getting more peaceful. It's getting more calm. I think I'm, I think I'm getting is a thought. It's at least not the thought I'm not good enough and nobody loves me. But it's another kind of thought. It's the same. If uh, right now it's, it seems to be impossible for you to experience this moment differently than within the Hall of Mirrors, then just use that time to feel how being in the Hall of Mirrors, how does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? And then you drop into the body, because if you want to know how, how does it make you feel, this thought, this story, you need to come to the present moment. How does it make you feel now? And that's here, in the body. So the Hall of Mirrors consists of stories and words in a dialogue and mental images. But what's the difference between the words being said there and the cars outside driving? There's a difference there. And again, checking, so how much are you in the Hall of Mirrors? And if you find yourself there, it's so important to bring kindness and humor into it. It's uh, not possible to stop that or fight that.
futile it is to fight thoughts, to try to let go of thoughts. That's futile. 